0: In one sense, I don't want to add to too much of of what's been said and shared tonight, because we've heard uh, three very compelling uh, stories. I just want to fill in a little bit around the edges, uh, and first of all to say uh, a massively warm welcome to Sophie and to Emily and to Azamat, to uh, the church family here. But not just the church family here. We believe that the church is is a global thing. We have sisters and brothers across the world who we work with, we respect, we value, and so uh, welcome to uh, this particular part of God's church, uh, but it is a much bigger thing. We believe passionately that the Christian life is not one that we walk alone. Uh, it's so miserable and difficult uh, to be a Christian for any length of time just on your own, and it's as we heard that in some of those stories, that there is, there is value in coming together as community. Of course, then, we disperse. <coughs> and God uses us in our own different places, but there's enormous value in our coming together, uh, and we shouldn't walk this walk uh, alone. Also want to say thank you to Sophie and Emily and Azamat's family and friends who are here with us today. Thank you for the way that you have loved them uh, and uh, that you have been such a vital part of their lives, and we count it a privilege that you are here uh, with us today. I want to say a tiny thing about baptism and then a tiny bit about what uh, the journey of faith looks like. Uh, Baptism has lots of components but essentially it's about three things. The first thing is about, about looking back at what Jesus did. It's about looking back at the cross, it's about looking back at what he taught, it's looking back at what he did and the life that he led and the way that he blew away so many boundaries that he said to so many people who were on the outside, who were forgotten, who were overlooked, invited them in to the family of the kingdom. And he achieved that, he made that possible when he died on the cross. And he proved that that was the case when he rose again. So, in one sense, tonight is about looking back and just, in a sense, saying, that is the center point of my ministry. That that's, that's the moment that's the star uh, around which I orient everything else that we do. Uh, the second thing we do with, when we get baptised uh, is that we are, it, it's about a, a change in direction. And it's about saying, oh, well, I was going in one direction, but I'm going to turn around and I'm going to walk uh, towards God. And there is something humbling about that, recognising that there is greed and selfishness and ignorance in the way that we live and that we need to come to God and ask for his forgiveness. And then there is a pointing forwards and saying, it says, you guys, your your exciting, risk-filled, compassion-filled Christian journey starts tonight. You're not now the finished product. You don't just say, that's great, I'm done as a Christian. I can sit back now. This is the start. There is an amazing adventure that awaits you. I have no idea what challenges you're going to face, what joys you will experience, what places God will take you to bear his light and his love. But that journey begins today. I just want to say a couple of things about it from our passage. The first one is this. This journey is a journey that involves all of you, head, heart, life, soul. One of the glories about baptizing people in this place is that we get them fully wet, fully immersed, uh, as you saw. Every single bit goes under. And it's a very powerful sign that uh, being a Christian is something that involves all of who I am. And so being a Christian is not simply about changing your mind or your worldview. It's not just changing your mind about what you think. Although it, it is that, but it's much, much more. It's also a commitment to growing integrity and transformation. So what we believe should increasingly, of course slowly, change us. Because if we spend time with God, in worship, in community, studying his word, serving him in his broken world, then what will start to happen is that wounds will start to get healed and prejudice will start to get challenged and selfishness will be exposed and you will begin to change as people. It won't happen overnight. But one thing that we will be praying for you from the start is that you are dissatisfied with hypocrisy that's what we'll pray that you are dissatisfied with hypocrisy and that i'm not talking about other people's hypocrisy we're all dissatisfied with that but i'm talking about your hypocrisy that you will be increasingly dissatisfied with your own hypocrisy many of us have got used to living our lives with hypocrisy or making lame excuses for it. This has to stop for all of us, but particularly for those of you who've been baptized. Tonight is saying to God, please, despite my weakness, may I show in my life the beauty and the compassion and the courage and the joy of Jesus. And it's saying, I'm fed up with being someone who says one thing and does another. I'm fed up with being someone who parades their commitments and their virtues for everybody to see, but remains inside, and when the doors are closed, remains angry or scared or spiteful or lustful. And so what we are praying for you is that you will become increasingly dissatisfied with your own hypocrisy. And Jesus uses two pictures in that passage that we've just read to underline this. In his uh, culture and time, uh, there was something called the buckthorn tree. And the buckthorn tree uh, grew little small blackberries like this that from a distance you might just think were small grapes. And so if you're really hungry, you might try, try and go and eat one, but you'd be massively disappointed because they were uh, terrifyingly bitter. There was also, in, in, in his culture and time, still is, a thistle that had flowers that if you closed half your eye, looked a little bit like a fig. And so in theory, you could be tempted to go and pick that flower and go and eat it, and you'd be massively disappointed because you'd be eating a thistle, not a fig. Jesus' point was as follows. Appearances can be deceptive, but the reality of someone's life, their character, their patience, their readiness to forgive, their reaching out across divides, you can't fake that over time. You can fake words. We can present a perfect but a misleading image of ourselves to the world. But the people who live next door to us, our family, our friends... Uh, the people that we study alongside, uh, they see over time uh, whether uh, we are becoming uh, more peaceful, more loving, more patient, more concerned uh, that uh, the most vulnerable in our world have justice. People notice this stuff. Tonight, you are not making, just to be clear, a commitment to be perfect. But it is a commitment To not tolerate or believe your own hypocrisy that increasingly if we go six months out a year out that we will see those of us who know you that we will see more of the fruit of God's spirit the likeness of Jesus the compassion of God in your life the second thing to close with is as follows This passage tells us that we need to be wise about who we listen to. It would be lovely to think that everybody who speaks for God is hearing from God, but they're not. And Jesus uses a powerful picture in this passage of a wolf that is dressed up in a sheep's clothing. And I guess probably someone who's an expert on this could tell us for sure, but I have a feeling that Little Red Riding Hood is probably descended from that thought, you know, that beautiful image of the, grand, you know, of, the, of the poor dead grandmother and the wolf sat in bed with all of her stuff on. It, it's the same picture. It, it's as something dangerous dressed up as something innocuous. And that's the picture uh, that Jesus uses a wolf dressed in sheep's clothing. When we're looking for people to trust and respect, we need to find people who have more than fine words and a good and polished image. We need to look for people who are like Jesus, people who are compassionate, who are courageous, who stand up for the most vulnerable, who are selfless, who are faith-filled. We don't want liars or fakers or pretenders. And we don't want people who will say anything to get a following in front of the camera, but then are shameless and selfish when the lights go down. So please, as part of your Christian journey, choose wisely the people that you listen to and respect and whose ideas about God you take on board. One of the key things is, are they living it out? Or are they themselves enormous hypocrites? We are excited to be part of the Christian family with you and to be here to mark the start of your Christian journey. And our prayer is not only that you will be dissatisfied with your own hypocrisy, but that in the days and the years and the decades to come, people will see the love of God, the compassion of God, the grace of God in you. That he will take you to some amazing places. He'll give you experiences of joy and wonder and worship but also experiences where through trial and through suffering and through difficulty, you are able to stake a claim for his kingdom in broken and overlooked places. May God bless each one of you. Amen.